We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. minutes a day 365 days a year this is the pack a day podcast what's going on everybody happy sunday welcome into another episode of the pack a day podcast i'm your host andy herman you can follow me on twitter at andy herman nfl we are going to waste absolutely no time today we're going to be going over three separate prospects we're going to be going over brian brise we're going to be going over miles murphy and we're going to kick things off with tyree wilson i'm going to say up front i'm not going to spend a ton of time on tyree wilson the expectation is that he probably goes maybe even top five top six top seven but the odds that he gets anywhere near 15 are incredibly slim him. That said, you never know if Green Bay is going to trade up or if a player is going to fall. So we'll go over him quickly and then we'll get into Murphy and then we will get into Brze. But let's start with Tyree Wilson, 6'6", 271 pound edge rusher, a red shirt senior out of Texas Tech. He will turn 23 in May. So he's not like a, you know, overage prospect as a red shirt senior. Sometimes you see red shirt senior and it's like, oh, they're probably at least 24 or whatever. But now he's, you know, he's going to turn 23 in May, but he's also not, you know, 21, 22 either. So there's a slight difference there. The good news is, is he's a very talented player. So you're less concerned about the age because he's already really freaking good. So that certainly goes in his favor. Again, turns 23 in May. He did not do all of the athletic testing at the combine. In fact, he didn't do any. Uh, he did put up 23 on the bench rep or 23 reps on the bench rep, uh, but that's about it. It doesn't matter all that much because he is an athletic freak on tape and you have zero concerns whatsoever about his overall athleticism. It jumps off the tape. So anything that he would have done positively at the combine would have been basically counting it twice because we already know he's a very, very good athlete. Now we may not know the exact agility testing and some of those things, and it's always He's nice to have, but if you watch him, you have very little concerns about his overall athleticism. He did test 93rd percentile with his height, 74th percentile with his weight, and 64th percentile for the bench press as an edge rusher. As far as statistics go, per PFF in 2019, he had 79 pass rush snaps, six pressures, two sacks. In 2020, 205 pass rush snaps, 19 pressures, two sacks. In 2021, 352 uh, pass rush snaps, 37 pressures, six sacks, and then better again year after year. Only 257 pass rush snaps this year. 
50 pressures on those 257 pass rush attempts. So basically one out of every five attempts of him rushing the passer, he was getting a pressure and that included eight sacks. He had one forced fumble in his career. So not a huge number there and no interceptions. Per PFF, his grades year over year had 132 total snaps in 2019 with a 65.5 grade. In 2020, he had 388 snaps with a 52.3 grade. 2021, he had 605 snaps with a 72.7 grade. And in 2022, he had 538 snaps with a 75.1 grade. Positives, he's literally everything you want athletically as an outside linebacker at the edge rusher position. He can rush the passer. He can hold up at the point of attack. He's big. He's strong. He's fast. He's physical. He gives good effort. Just check box after check box after check box. If you're building a 3-4 edge rusher, 3-4 outside linebacker, whatever you want to call it, in a lab, it's pretty much going to look like what Tyree Wilson looks like. He, again, he's a physical specimen. His athleticism jumps off the tape, and he's everything that you want in a build-a-player at that position. Fits the 3-4 edge rusher position perfectly, sets the edge well, chases down plays from behind with reckless abandon. It, this is a very Clay Matthews-esque. If you know, remember those plays where they didn't block Clay Matthews on the backside and he would just scream down the line of scrimmage and make a tackle behind the line. And it's like, what, what are you doing not blocking Clay Matthews? Because if you don't block him, he's just going to blow up your play. Tyree Wilson, uh, to a T. If you don't block him, he's going to come down crashing on the backside and he's just going to wreck your life. And that is something you saw over and over and over on tape again. Uh, He has a pass rush presence, chases down plays from behind, holds up at the point of attack, has a massive wingspan, extremely fast closing speed, and his effort and motor are nonstop. So he has, uh, again, almost everything that you are looking for. Now, from a negative standpoint, his moveset needs a lot of work. He is far from a, you know, planned out, you know, plan of attack edge rusher that can stack moves upon moves. He's just a freak athletically. And that's what he's mostly winning with is that high-end athleticism. His overall technique is still very much a work in progress. His hands need work. His footwork needs work. His counters need work. Those are the sort of things that he's going to have to get better at at the NFL. You can't just do some of the same things over and over and expect to win over and over. I I think the other thing here is if you're looking for maybe a red flag, it's that he has all of these things in his favor, and yet he hasn't learned how to consistently dominate games. You will see flashes. He will dominate plays. He will dominate stretches of a game, but... If you're looking for somebody that just game after game after game that you know was a, a literal game wrecker over and over in college, despite all of his gifts, he was not that in college. Now, he continued to get better. The expectation is that he's going to continue to get even better in the NFL. He's put on more strength. It seems like he's even gotten faster. This past season was his best season. So there's reason for hope that he's going to make that jump and become a, little bit, a legitimate disruptor over and over and over in the NFL. But he wasn't exactly that in college. And then the the last thing, not that it matters a whole ton, but the statistical analytic people are not a huge fan of taking him very high in the draft based on his profile and his statistics. He had a later breakout age. Uh, those sort of things haven't been super kind to him. So there are some, you know, little things there that if you're, you know, on the analytics side, which generally I am, uh, you have to sort of at least weigh out as you're sort of putting these things together. 
From a scheme standpoint, he would be so fun as a outside linebacker in Green Bay system opposite Rashawn Gary. That would be a pairing that I would love to see for the next decade. Like They could be a dominant tandem on the outside. Um, the ceiling here, to me, it, I, I saw a lot of Julius Peppers and Chandler Jones. Now, Julius Peppers is a incredible comp, right? There's very few Julius Peppers-type-esque players in NFL history. I don't think he can reach like the longevity and the career and everything of Julius Peppers, but that's the type of player that you can see. I think Chandler Jones is probably, not that that's a, a ton different. Chandler Jones has had an incredible career, but I think that is the extreme, extreme high end for Tyree Wilson. I think his floor is more like a Taco Charlton where you see this player who has a ton of, you know, has all the potential athleticism, everything coming out first round pick and just doesn't live up to expectation. And I think my comp for him is Alden Smith. I think that is a legitimate player that we saw in San Francisco have high end upside who, you know, could rush the passer, set the edge and do everything you want as a three, four outside linebacker. I think that feels like the right comp. Prime Alden Smith seems like somebody that Tyree Wilson could ultimately evolve into sooner rather than later. And if he's available, I'm not going to get into all the other stuff that I usually get into, but if he's available, just run to the podium, you know, run the card in, and he should absolutely be your pick at pick 15 and would not hate in any capacity if Green Bay made a move up to go and get him because I think he could be a legitimate difference maker, especially once Rashawn Gary is back and healthy. Like I said, give me Gary and Tyree Smith um, for, excuse me, uh, Tyree Wilson for the next foreseeable future. I want to give every edge rusher in Green Bay the last name Smith, but Tyree Wilson, Rashawn Gary would be a ton of fun on the outside. So like I said, run that card to the podium. All right, let's go over Miles Murphy next. I'm going to spend a little bit more time on Murphy and Brise than I did uh, with, um, you know, with Wilson. I, I think just because there's a better chance that those two end up in Green Bay probably than what Tyree Wilson does. But Miles Murphy, 6'5", 268-pound edge rusher, junior out of the University of Clemson. He is 21 years old. He will turn 22 next January. So he will be 21 almost through the entirety of this season. Had an unofficial 9.88 RAS score, a relative athletic score. He did not do the broad jump, did not do the vertical, and the speed and agility testing scores were unofficial. So we think we have scores there, but they haven't been officially announced as to what he tested at his pro day. Uh, however, if they are anywhere near correct, 83rd percentile in height, 68th percentile in weight, 78th percentile in bench press, 99th percentile in the 40-yard dash with a 4-5-2-40 as an edge rusher, 99th percentile in the 10-yard split, 79th percentile in the short shuttle, and 72nd percentile in the three cone. In 2020, he had 224 pass rush snaps per PFF with 20 pressures and five sacks. In 2021, 332 pass rush snaps, 42 pressures and nine sacks. And in 2022, 355 pass rush snaps with 34 pressures and six sacks. And I think the thing here is in 2020 at Clemson, 224 pass rush snaps, those 20 pressures and five sacks, he was 18 years old, had a uh, 85.2 grade that year per PFF. At 18 with Clemson, high end program, and he was doing that at age 18. And he also had six forced fumbles throughout the course of his career. So he made some impact plays and he was consistent throughout all three of those years, uh, again, per PFF's grades. In for his overall grades, in 2020, he had 423 snaps with a 85.2 grade, again, at age 18. At age 19, he comes back in 2021, 552 snaps with a 79.1 grade. And in 2022, 586 snaps with a 79.0 grade. And interestingly enough, while I 
you know, he is a edge rusher, speed rusher, you know, pass rusher at heart. Uh, his run defense was generally, you know, graded the highest per PFF, higher than his overall pass rush grade through the course of his career. So that was something that definitely stood out to me as well. His positives and negatives are a little bit interesting. There's not a ton in either. He does a lot of things just kind of okay that there aren't, you know, they're not really negatives. They're not really positives, but we'll go over his positives first. There's, I think, five in each category here, but his age and upside is certainly one of the things that really set him apart. He's only, he's going to be 21 until basically, you know, playoff football this year. Like, again, he came in on the scene at age 18 at Clemson and immediately started playing great football. And he continued that through all three seasons. Like there is something to be said when you go to a high-end program from day one at age 18 and you're just already good. Like what, what that tells me is that he knows how to find a way to be helpful, to play his role and to be a good football player almost no matter what. If you can come in at 18, play at Clemson at a very high end level, 80 plus you know, grade per PFF, that, that tells me that you know what you're doing and you're just going to find a way to be successful, like almost no matter what. And the fact that he also not only from day one was good, but stayed consistently good throughout the course of his career, would have liked him to see, you know, to see him get better over his three years and like see this real, you know, growth curve. Yes, I would have liked to have seen that. But again, it tells me that he is going to find a way to be successful because he has ever, he did it in high school. He did it three years in college, including playing at age 18 at Clemson. And now my expectation would be that he comes in the NFL and finds a way to be successful there too, because he's literally done it at every stage of his football career. Uh, He has great burst off the ball and speed off the edge. He is a speed rusher at heart. That's what he wants to do. Use his quick first step off the line of scrimmage, blow by you and get to the quarterback. So that is his superpower. That is his strength. That is his skill. He does stay involved in the play and his motor generally runs hot. And as I mentioned, PFF graded him well as a run defender. I think there's things that he needs to do better setting the edge. And as a run defender, I think he gets a little bit overexerted at times. I think he's a little bit too aggressive as a pass rusher, but overall, you know, for a speed rusher, when we talk about usually players who are strictly speed rushers, usually they're not very good at the point of attack. He held up against the run much better than, again, most speed rushers that we are going to talk about uh, in you know, basically draft history when it comes to these, you know, smaller, not even small, he's a big player, but when players who prefer to, you know, maybe the finesse and speed off the edge, usually they're not, you know, guys that are going to hold up at the point of attack. Like I say, he's not perfect, but overall he graded out better than you would expect. And he's a pretty relentless pass rusher. And there's something to be said about that as well. Like he, he's just a quarterback hunter. That's what he's, that's what he does. That's what he wants to do. He wants to get after the quarterback. He's been good at it. Would I've liked to have seen maybe a few more sacks, a few more pressures and those sort of things. Yeah. But like overall, like I said, throughout the course of his career, he's been really good as a pass rusher has, you know, been pretty decent as a run defender. And I, I do think there's a lot of opportunity for him still to get better, especially with the age that he is at. As far as negatives go, he lacks almost any counters or pass rush plan at all. And it reminded me a little bit when I scouted Anthony Barr at, what was it, UCLA, if I remember correctly. Um, I remember with Barr, he would, like, I watched him and it was just speed rush, 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 every single time, time after time after time. And I remember so distinctly, I'm like, is he ever going to do anything different? And all of a sudden he goes out for a play 
and I didn't rec- I didn't see it at first. And all of a sudden, like I see him play, and somebody did a spin move inside. I'm like, finally, finally, some he did something different. It was a, he he did a spin move and he countered inside, and it was I think the, the guy either got a sack or a, at least at minimum a pressure, but he got a, a I think a a sack on the play. I was like, thank good. It wasn't him. Anthony Barr took a playoff. His substitute came in, and the offensive tackle was so used to Anthony Barr just speed rush, speed rush, speed rush on every single play that his backup came in and did literally anything different, and the offensive tackle got caught off guard because he was so on autopilot from Anthony Barr speed rushing every play. And like I was watching the tape, I'm just like, Anthony Barr, do something different. Like, do just for a play, just to throw him off the scent. And he just never did. And then his backup comes in and immediately gets a sack. Neither here nor there, but I got a little bit of that from Miles Murphy as well, where I was like, at some point, like, can we can we throw a pass rush plan together? Can we spin move inside? Can we counter at some point? He wants to, you know, use his speed off the edge. I get that's what he does best, but he needs to develop a better plan and he needs to develop some counters to that, specifically getting on the inside, spin move, something of that ilk so that he can become a more well-rounded pass rusher overall. He will overrun the play, uh, both on run defense and in, in a pass rush situation. He'll get, you know, sort of worked around the, the bend a little bit and just kind of blocked out of the play. So that's normal for a speed rusher, but that's something that will show up on tape. Doesn't always diagnose plays extremely well and will take himself out of plays because of that. Not always super assignment sound. He will get a little bit uh, big game hunty-ish and you know, want to go for the quarterback. And sometimes that leads him susceptible to draws, counters, those sort of things. So it's not always him just doing his job. I don't think Bill Belichick's probably going to be a huge fan. Uh, But that being said, he pays it off a lot with some big time plays on defense as well. So you have to kind of take some of the good with the bad there. And the other thing here that I will say from a negative is that I do think he's best in a 4-3. That would be my take on it. And from a scheme standpoint, if I were uh, like Detroit in a in a wide nine, I think you would make a ton of sense, you know, opposite Aiden Hutchinson. Like that, that would be a really good fit for him. But I think he's I think he's scheme versatile. I do think he can stand up in a 3-4, but I think it's going to take a little bit of time for him to learn that. And I think if you were just looking at him and just saying like, all right, where does he fit best? I would be hard pressed to figure out anything outside of a wide nine where he can use the speed to his advantage that that would work anything better for him. So I don't think 3-4 is perfect. Uh, I don't think he, it's like, like he can't do it, but I do think he's best in a 4 Four three three four doesn't matter all that much, but I do think hand in the ground with a wide split. Let me say it that way. That's probably a better way to say it. Like he could probably stand up in Green Bay scheme, but I think hand in the dirt with a wide split is probably where he would ultimately be best. Ceiling to me is very good. Ziggy Ansa, if you remember Ziggy Ansa's good years, uh, I think those that that's his like high end ceiling. I think his floor is just another busted Clemson edge rusher, if I'm being honest. And I do see a little bit of that, and I do get a little bit concerned. You don't scout the jersey, you don't scout the helmet, you don't scout any of that, you scout the player. But there have been enough edge rushers at Clemson that give you some cause for concern. And as I'm watching him, I do see some things that would maybe give me a red flag here or there. I don't think that's going to happen. I think he's too good, too talented. And like I said, he's been good throughout the entirety of his career, high school, college, et cetera. I expect that to continue at the NFL level. But if we're being honest, if we're being real, the the floor here is probably another busted Clemson edge rusher. And the comp to me is just Ziggy Ansah. I do think he probably has a very similar career arc. It's going to take him a little bit to maybe to get going, especially if he ends up in a 3-4, but high-end athlete who's going to get after the quarterback speed rush, mix in a little bit of you know nuance here and there. But overall, uh, his again, his superpower is going to be his quickness off the line and his closing to the quarterback. Uh, let's see, what else do we want to say here? What he would bring to Green Bay, 
some extreme speed off the edge and a change of pace. Rashawn Gary, speed to power, wants to go through you. Preston Smith, a little bit more of a nuanced veteran edge rusher, doesn't have that same speed anymore. And Igbari has some speed, but he's more of a technical edge rusher who uses a variety of moves against you. And then you would have a Miles Murphy who can just blow past you off the line of scrimmage. I talked about Anthony Barr where, you know, he was speed, 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 and then somebody came in and did a counter and the offensive tackle was off balance because of it. It's the same thing here. If you've got Rashawn Gary going through you, through you, through you, through you, right through your face, and then all of a sudden you get Miles Murphy come in and he's just going to go boom, right off the line of scrimmage, right around you, that's a change of pace. And that takes a little bit getting used to for an offensive tackle. So I do think he adds a flavor to the Packers you know, edge position that they just don't have right now. So that would be a positive. Would he be the pick at pick 15? I don't think it's impossible. I don't think it's super likely he certainly fits some of the things, age, you know, high-end program, edge rusher, premium position, you know, high-end athleticism. I think there's a lot of things that Green Bay could very well like. I think his, his you know, agility testing was maybe a little bit slower than they probably would have liked. And like I said, I do think personally he fits a little bit better in like a wide nine sort of situation, but he's definitely a possibility. And if Green Bay liked him enough and, you know, saw that high end upside, it's not totally out of the realm of possibility. So not one that I think will be in my top three or four as like potential predictions at pick 15. But if you told me, you know, hey, Miles Murphy, Clemson, pick 15, Green Bay Packers was the ultimate answer would not be shocked by it either because he checks a lot of those boxes that Green Bay generally likes to check. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. And that brings us to Brian Brzee. 6'5", 298-pound defensive lineman, redshirt sophomore, also out of Clemson, 21 years old, will turn 22 in October, so still a lot of high-end upside there, 9.61 RAS score, did not do the broad jump, but tested 97th percentile for height, 51st percentile for weight, 35th percentile for bench, so he can still add some upper body strength, 59th percentile for vert, 95th percentile for the 40-yard dash with a 4.86 at 298 pounds, which is so impressive. 98th percentile in the 10-yard split, 95th percentile short shuttle, and 87th percentile three-cone. In 2020, per PFF, he had 255 pass rush snaps with 26 pressures and four sacks. In 2021, he had 100 pass rush snaps with 10 pressures and one sack. And in 2022, he had 203 pass rush snaps with 24 pressures and three sacks. He added one forced fumble and one interception to his career stats as well. 
His grade in 2020 per PFF was a 68.2 with 430 total snaps. In 2021, he had 69.4 snaps on a, or 69.4 grade on 152 snaps. And in 2022, a 73.5 grade on 330 total snaps. Note there that what we're looking at a little under, a little over 900 total snaps in his career. So some injuries, some other off-field issues, not his fault. I'll go over that more in just a moment. But some of those things did limit his playing time a little bit. He was part of a really good rotation at Clemson as well, but not a ton of total snaps in his career at Clemson. From a positive standpoint, he was a top, not a top, like he was the top recruit coming out of high school and the flashes on tape are absolutely incredible. You can clearly see why he was such a highly sought after high school player. Almost every college would have loved to have had him. And like I said, the high end flashes are absolutely incredible. There are simply not many defensive linemen at almost 300 pounds that can move the way that he moves, that can make a disruption the way that he can make a disruption. And the high-end stuff, like I said, is off the charts fun to watch. When he wants to, and when he's on his game, he can absolutely take over a line of scrimmage. You will watch him at times and you will think, how does anyone block this guy? He, he is a blend of, again, size, speed, power, quickness, all of it. And he's just like a, you know, bowling ball coming at you over and over. And like, it is impressive to watch and what he can do at his size. Like I said, there's just not many human beings out there that are capable of moving the way he moves at almost 300 pounds. He has the high end potential to be a major difference maker along the defensive line. When he wants to, again, he has extremely violent hands that, again, it's not only a bowling ball, it's like a bowling ball of sharp knives coming at you. Like he will punch you. He will discharge, you know, dis, he will jar you. And, you know, again, almost like disarm you because you're just so shocked from what's coming at you. And again, all of a sudden, before you know it, he's making a play behind the scrim, behind the line of scrimmage. Uh, he can hold up against double teams and he has extremely high reward upside to his game where you are talking about, like I said, a major difference maker based on his potential, his negatives, there is maybe not a more high-end or like a more risk-reward player in this draft. His consistency is all over the place. I, I guess I, I mentioned this on my you know top prospects video, my my um, you know top thirty-two big board when I did that. I, I think a couple of weeks ago now, but I watched him so much, and there are times where I'm convinced that he has like JJ Watt type ability. And there's other times where I'm just like, I, you can't draft this guy, like not that high at least, where you're just like, he, he's so frustrating because there is so much potential there. And if he recognizes it, you are going to hit an absolute home run with Brian Brzee. But there are also times where he is getting blown off the ball or he's you know completely out of the frame where he needs to be doesn't play with good leverage, doesn't play with good pad level, and just the technique is all over the place. And it's just like, just put everything together and be the player you were supposed to be coming out of high school. You should be one of the most dominant players in all of college football. You should be in the conversation with Jalen Carter as the top defensive lineman taken off the board. And instead, it's more of like, I'm not even sure this guy goes in the first round because the inconsistencies are that big and the risk is that large. Like I said, pad level and leverage are a complete mess. He loses multiple reps because of this. He will get blocked entirely out of a play, had an ACL injury in 2021, had a kidney infection in 2022, had shoulder surgery in 2022, so missed a variety of time due to some of those things. 
did never quite live up to the college hype. Productivity wasn't quite there. And the high risk and downside are very legitimate here as well. High risk, high reward, and you just don't know what you're ultimately going to end up with. And you're going to have to sort of swallow that pill and it's more of like a buyer beware situation. I will mention really quick um, on the sad side of things, his sister passed away of brain cancer this past year. And I will say like watching some of his stuff um, along the way, like there were different parts of, you know, different cut up videos when you were watching his 2020 and 2021 stuff that talked about his sister and um, how she was battling brain cancer and, you know, how much she meant to Brian. And then you all of a sudden got to the 2022 cut ups and then, you know, she, she passed away, which um, caused him to miss some time this past season too. Uh, heartbreaking, honestly. And, you know, you could see how much that wore on him just throughout the entirety of his career. Yeah. Having his sister diagnosed with brain cancer, um, having her pass away this past year of brain cancer. And you could tell you just, you really want to cheer for the kid. He, he just seems like an absolutely amazing person. You could tell how much this affected him. And um, yeah, it was, it was, you know, it's just one of those things. It sucks. It, it really, really sucks. She seemed like an awesome kid. And um, yeah, so I don't have anything else to say there other than that is a brutal situation and I feel for their family and nobody had, you know, wants to go through anything like that. Um, but yeah, that was a difficult part going through this process with Brze because again, you start watching the early tape and you're like, oh, she's diagnosed with cancer, but she's, you know, doing well, she's going through chemo and all this stuff. And then again, you get to the 2022 tape and then it's all of a sudden, like, you know, she recently passed away and it's just like, uh, it was, it was heartbreaking as you're going through that stuff. So, um, yeah, like I said, I don't have much other stuff to say about that, but that definitely could have affected why he maybe didn't play up to the level that he was capable of because he had a lot of stuff going on on his mind all throughout college. Like it is enough to transition to college, to go through school, to play at Clemson, to have the expectations of the number one overall prospect in high school, to going through all the stuff off the field with his sister, which is again, devastating and heartbreaking. And, you know, that that's just, it's extremely tough. And they were really close as well. So you know, just know that there was a lot going on. Plus he tore his ACL, shoulder surgery, kidney issues. Like the guy went through the freaking ringer at, at uh, Clemson. And I guess I, bottom line, I am cheering for him. I don't care where he ends up. Like, I hope he ends up having an amazing NFL career because um, again, he went through a lot at Clemson and that's a, a really sucky situation, especially with his sister. So wherever he ends up, I hope he has a phenomenal career and can reach that potential because he is an absolute freak athlete. And um, like I said, had to go through some pretty crappy stuff at Clemson. Overall, he is one of the hardest evaluations in the draft. And I go back and forth. Like I, there's times where I'm like, yeah, this is a top 15 pick. There's other times where I'm like, you, you can't take him in the first round. It is a buyer beware situation with high risk and high reward. I think he's best in a penetrating front. Not necessarily sure. You know, it just depends on what the Packers ultimately want to be on defense. But I think if you get him, you can use him to his strengths. If they were interested in Devontae Wyatt, who's also best in a penetrating front, I think they'd probably be interested in Brzee as well. And he could be an extremely fun player with Kenny Clark and TJ Slayton and uh, and uh, Devontae Wyatt up front. So that could be a very fun group and rotation up front with all four of those players. And I think he would fit very well within that group if he can certainly reach the level that he's capable of. His ceiling, while we see some J.J. Watt-esque play on tape from time to time, I think his ceiling is more of a Cam Hayward. I think his floor, man, let me just say, 
There is a lot of Taven Bryan to his game, former, I think, late first-round pick by the Jaguars. Uh, there's a lot of Taven Bryan on tape. There is some Malik McDowell on his tape, who was a complete bust. There's some Jerry Tillery on his tape, who was a complete bust. Like There were shades of all three of those guys, which gives me a lot of cause for concern. I do think his comp, if he comes close to his ceiling, is more of like a Stefan Tuitt, who also you know, had some ups and downs, was a little bit inconsistent, but not many players moved the way that he was able to move at 300 plus pounds. I think Tuitt probably a little bit better against the run. I think Brzee has a, the potential to be a little bit better pass rusher, but I think that sort of upside is what Brzee could potentially reach. Um, I think he would bring a very nice rotational piece to Green Bay's defense and a really fun defensive lineman. And if he he has, you know, you're taking a home run swing. And if he pays off, look the heck out because he can be a phenomenal player. I do think Green Bay would be a good space for him. I think it would give him some really good mentors in Green Bay, specifically Kenny Clark. I think Kenny Clark, just watching how he plays, if he can take any of that on, I think that's exactly what Brian Brzee needs to do is watch a player like Kenny Clark and see how to be a pro. And if he gets that stuff down, then it's night, it's game over because his athleticism and his freak, um, you know, build and upside, everything is just going to take over at that point. So I do think Green Bay would be a potentially good fit for him. Pick 15 ultimately would be a, a bit too rich for me. I would love, you know, if they all of a sudden moved up into like early round two and he was still there, like that would be a really, really good pick. I think he probably goes late round one. I don't think it's impossible that he could get taken at 15 you know, 15 by Green Bay. This is very much the type of player they like. Extremely high-end upside, still very young. Clemson, high-end plays on tape, and it's a home run swing. We know Brian Gutekunst likes to take a little bit of chance in round one. It's paid off for him more often than not. This would be a very big chance, a very big home run swing, but if he connects, he could be one of the best defensive linemen in the NFL. That's how good he could potentially be. Um, Overall, with all three today, I expect Wilson to be gone, um, and they would probably have to trade up to get him. I think Murphy's agility and scheme fit are a little bit question marks, but not impossible that he could be the pick at pick 15 for Green Bay. And Brzee is exactly the type of player that they like. I would like him certainly more in round two, early round two, but it's not impossible either based on his upside that Green Bay could very well be interested in Brzee. So we will wait and see, not out of the question that maybe one of these three players ends up in Green Bay, but we'll have to see what ultimately transpires in the first round and maybe early second round of the draft to see if any of these ultimately end up members of the Green Bay Packers. Thanks so much for joining me today. I will be right back here tomorrow. Make sure to hit subscribe if you haven't already, but until next time, and as always, go Pack Go. Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day for movement. Whether mom's into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, movement has something she'll love. And right now, you can save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with up to 50% off site-wide during movement's Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com.